the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for uh, joining us here today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and today we're blessed to have Bruce, Bruce Main from Urban Promise. So, Bruce, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Great, great to be with you, Julian. Well, uh, a big thanks to Bruce, uh, everyone, because uh, I sort of sprung this on him, and uh, it's his own fault. Uh, he was so good on Sunday. I was listening to him at church and just really inspired by, um, by what it is he and his organization is doing, or rather, I should say, what God is doing through them. So, so Bruce, I'm not, I'm not going to give a description Tell tell us a little bit about Urban Promise. How what is it? How did it start? And what's your goal? What's your mission? Sure. Yeah. So started thirty five years ago uh, in a little city on the East Coast called Camden, New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. Um, at that time, it was the poorest, probably most dangerous city in the country, and uh, so it had a lot of issues that it was dealing with, and. Unfortunately, the, the population that all, all you know, usually takes the, a, a lot of the brunt of that are children. And so, Julian, one of the things I noticed when I, when I arrived there back in 1988, you know, I visited nine churches in a neighborhood. And these were Baptist churches, Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopalian. What I found so fascinating was that on a Sunday morning, there were no children attending those churches from the community. Hmm. And to me, this was kind of odd because this was a city where 50% of the population was under the age of 18. So it wasn't as if there were no kids. Mm. It was just that these churches had become disconnected from the neighborhood. So we said, you know what? We, you know, we got, we got high crime rates. We've got dropout, high dropout rates in our local schools. Um, you know, we had drug dealing going on on the corner, you know, and we kind of asked the question, well, what do we what do we need to do to get kids off the streets and back into programs that challenge them to grow academically, spiritually, socially? And so that that was sort of the impetus for uh, for Urban Promise getting started. I mean, that's uh, that's a big mission, isn't it? I mean, it's a big, uh, a big plan. It's not sort of something you can, uh, you know, sort of just stick a few hours in at the weekend. You know, it's. This is uh, you're, you're really grabbing an issue um, by the jugular and uh, uh, and going for it. So I mean, I mean, how, how did you did you start this organization or, or who, who was it? A group of you or tell me about that? Yeah, so so I started it, um, but I wasn't alone. I you know had some volunteers. 
actually it was a group of uh, college missionaries. We were summer interns and uh, we came together to, to run a summer camp out of a local uh, Baptist church that was almost ready to close its doors. And, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. And, you know, before long, we had 150 kids from the neighborhood showing up. And it wasn't because the program was so good. It was just that the church doors were open. There were some caring adults. Uh, we were having fun, um, high energy. And, uh, you know, kids just, you know, they, they, they were drawn to that. And so, you know, what happened is something actually quite local and quite small just began to expand. And I began to get calls from, you know, different leaders around the city saying, hey, we want this in our neighborhood as well. And before long, we were, you know, we went from one church to, you know, like seven, eight sites around the city. And, you know, we were working with a significant number of uh, young people. Because this really inspires me because often we think we have to have, you know, the most perfect plan on, on a spreadsheet with graphs, you know, and pages and pages of, of, of sort of detailed study and so forth and millions in the bank, you know, and a whole workforce ready to jump in, specializing in each area. And, and then and only then, you know, can we jump in. And so it's just so encouraging to be reminded that, you know, it's where the, the spirit guides and gifts, you know, and you and I'm going to put word into your mouth and you and you, you reject it. It's not true. You pray about it and then you start. You know, and so and so like you were saying, it's kind of we we the door was open at that point in time. It probably wasn't the your words, you know, the the, the, the finest thing. But we, we started and it grew, you know, and so that's just so inspiring, you know, for, for me and for others listening on how, you know, respond to the call and keep keep walking in that direction and let God fill in the blanks. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, you know, it's funny, as you were speaking, I, I think William Sloan Coffin had a line, you know, jump first, then grow wings, you know, and <laughs> our, our first, uh, you know, our first budget, the first year we did this $12,000, and that covered everything, salaries, gas wow. for the van, you know, so I mean, we were, I mean, bare bones. But but I think, you know, what you underscore and what you said, Julian, is that, um you know, it's at the end of the day, it, there's no perfect program. Mm. It's it's people responding and, you know, opening their arms, opening their hearts. And, you know, at the end of the day, kids just want attention. Mm. You know, they want to be noticed. They want to be recognized. I mean, when you think about why kids, you know, join gangs in our you know inner city communities, you know, what, what's a gang give a young person? Well, it gives them identity, mm. you know, purpose. They're part of something. So, We've been asking that question for the last 35 years, like, how do we replicate that um, so that young people who feel disconnected, uh, disenfranchised, how do how do we create communities where they feel welcome, that they have a, a purpose, identity, belonging, all those things that are so fundamental to, to the human condition? And so go into a little bit more detail. I'm, I'm on your website at the moment. Tell us a little bit about what it is, you know, you, you guys do, what, what, what's the mission precisely? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we started just with summer camps uh, in these inner city communities, because what we found is that, you know, kids in communities like Camden, you know, they're not going to summer camp for six weeks or tennis camp or soccer camp. You know, they're not going on family vacations to the, to the Jersey shore, so, you know, with, with school basically out for two months, 
you know, you got kids just running the streets with nothing to do. So we started summer camps and then we said, you know what, we, if we really want to keep kids engaged, we need to go year round. And so we added after school programs and then kids began to grow up. They become 13 and 14. They don't want to go to summer camp anymore. So we started employing these teenagers mm. as role models, tutors, coaches, giving them their first job. Um, and so it's really just grown organically. But I think at the heart of it, everything we do, whether it's a job, whether it's an art program, an athletic program, um, you know, there is that emphasis on the whole person. Mm. You know, there's the there's the academic piece, the intellectual piece. We need kids from our urban communities to graduate and, and uh, you know, with the ability to take the next step. Um, the spiritual piece, you know, that, that we're connecting kids with God, helping them develop their relationship with Jesus, you know, that's critical. Um, there's leadership, there's the social element. So not just running a program that focuses on one particular thing, but really, you know, addressing and speaking to the whole person. And that's, that's kind of our mission. I mean, as I said, that, that's huge. You know, because you know you're not just sticking a bandaid over one, you know, the arm. You're seeking to 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 heal the whole, the whole body, the whole person. You know, and but why why bring this spiritual element into it? I mean, it's you know, I I fully I fully get the academics. You know, life skills, life management. I mean, I could do with a bit of that help myself, to be honest. But I mean, why why bring in this spiritual element? Yeah, you know, so there's a there's a philosopher writer. Um, who who wrote a book a number of years ago and he he talks about the what's the most what's the biggest thing confronting kids in in what i would call under-resourced communities and he he calls it nihilism Hmm. and you know his definition of nihilism is sort of this lived experience of a life of horrifying meaninglessness lovelessness hopelessness and and he goes on to say that a life without love meaning and hope you know, leads to what he says is a numbing detachment from oneself and others that leads to the destruction of oneself and others. Mm-hmm. And so you you think about that, Julian. Okay, if that's the big issue, you know, not gangs, not drugs, not failing schools, mm-hmm. but this this deeper issue of the of the human experience, meaninglessness, hopelessness, lovelessness. Mm-hmm. When I think of those things, who better to speak to them than the people of God. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we are people of love. We are people of meaning. We are people of hope. And so I've always believed that, yeah, academics is great. It's important. Jobs are great, critical, important. Um, but underneath it all, you know, what are those deeper deeper motivations of the of the human condition that need to be spoken to and i, I feel like you know the, the church the people of god the community of christ i i think we have we have a message that speaks to those deeper issues so that's that's why i'm so committed and so convinced that this is an important piece of of transforming these communities and these neighborhoods and these young lives because it is important, isn't it? Because, you know, if, if we're just on this uh, earth for a period of time, no, no one knows how long, you know, uh, could be 80 years, could be 50, could be 20, whatever, you know, it's, if it really is just, you know, survival of the fittest, you know, just, just make this time on earth, you know, as interesting and as comfortable as possible, then, 
you know, there there is that 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 lurking anxiety in the back that at some point it all ends. You know, um, sure. Yeah, you know, that, that there's nothing to follow. You know, it does it does have a certain destructive element of you know just 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 seeking that fulfilment of cramming stuff in, you know, or trying right. to. Uh, and as you say, really, it's you know, the the element of wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be yeah. uh, told that yes, we're not perfect, but we are loved. You know, and someone's yeah. here with you to help. So, yeah, um, praise God. I mean, but yeah. but 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 Bruce, you know, I've been looking at your resume, being a bit bit of background research on you, and <laughs> and uh, don't panic. So you got, <laughs> you got you got a BA, you got a master's, you got a doctorate from Princeton, no, no less. Um, why don't you go and get an easy job that pays well? <laughs> well, well, my my wife asked me that about every other day. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's a great it's a great question, and uh, you know I, I I just you know I I got started at this when I was young, you know I was just out of college, um, and you know you you kind of see the 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 need and go you know there's there's not ten people lining up to do this work, you know there's not there's not a you know there's not people knocking on my door saying you know hey you know we we want to go do this, and so you know it's it's like who who's going to do it like we can we can keep locking kids up you know we can keep you know building gated communities and protecting ourselves from from you know these neighborhoods but at the end of the day you know that's not the solution and so i i guess i feel just you know again it comes back to maybe a sense of calling mm. uh you know i i i don't know why but i i feel called to this and you know, it's it's exciting to be around, I think, young people who have had to, um, you know, overcome tremendous obstacles. Mm. And, you know, to, to be around that and watch young people take advantage of, of, of a little opportunity and turn their lives around. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's that's pretty, pretty exhilarating and exciting to be part of. I mean, I could tell that on Sunday, you know, you you were literally levitating across the <laughs> by the podium, <laughs> filled, filled with excitement, you know. And and as you say, you know, we we can you know build gated communities, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that, you know. And we we can do the all these sorts of things, but but really, it's kind of hiding from the problem, isn't it? it, it, it yeah. You know, if we ignore or or we we hide from these uh, the the problems within our society, then they don't get fixed; they just fester and grow, and so. So that 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 response is that you know, as Jesus says to us, is go and do likewise. You know, love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Go and do likewise, and do it through through His power. And so, so you know, bless you. But I mean, and and also as you said, you know, people uh, in difficult situations, difficult circumstances, you know, overcoming the odds, work. You know, not not just by sitting down, you know, and, and eating chips, but you know, actually actively going out. Uh, and so that that's your part, you know, as it says from the website about helping, helping these, these, these kids, you know, that they, they, they provide the, the energy and the focus and you, and you guide them along the way. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what it is, what your core programs, how, how, how do you come alongside them? Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, just it's, it's evolved over the years, uh, you know, started, as I mentioned earlier, sort of summer camps, after school programs, we started a couple of schools, 
Um, one of the real cool things we do is we we start to get into what we call experiential learning, where we you know take kids uh, outside the city, you know, hiking and. Mm. But one of the neat things programs that evolved about twelve years ago is we we build wooden boats, huh. um, and yeah, it's really you know the staff worker came to me a few years you know ten fifteen years ago and he says you know Bruce what do you think we, we build boats with kids? And I, I said, Jim, you know, have you ever built a boat? And he's like, no, <laughs> I said, I said, well, you, you should go, you know, recruit a couple of people to help you. So he, he recruits an accountant, a respiratory therapist and a lawyer. <laughs> and, and uh, they, they start building these wooden rowboats in the basement of one of these abandoned churches. And uh, you know, a few months later we, we do this boat launch and uh, you know we launched these three rowboats that were built by kids and you know julian they asked me to do the blessing right yeah <laughs> and you know i was a little worried that you know if they sank you know i i would be uh you know <laughs> liable <laughs> but um, but i'd be liable yeah but but anyway you know they 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 built these boats and they paddled them across on the river and you know and again it's it's kind of using you know allowing kids to use their imagination yeah. and to, to do something that they would normally never do. And, you know, so now most of the kids involved in our program have built a canoe or a rowboat or a kayak at some point. And then that, that gets them on the water. Oh, and then they start learning about, you know, the environment and, you know, they've kind of rediscovered some of the urban waterways through the city, you know, and, and they go out and they I see eagles and egrets and turtles. And, you know, so, so that, you know, again, just kind of opening the minds and the vision of our young people to say, hey, you know, you, you can the world's bigger than just your neighborhood. And, you know, you can do great things with your life. Amen. You know, and just just coming alongside them. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation. And today we're blessed to have Bruce, Bruce Main from the Urban Promise. And uh, Bruce was. Um, what, what would you say to to people like me, to perhaps uh, someone listening on the radio show who's going, well, you know, this this Bruce, you know, he's a bit of a superhero. You know, if he if he pulled back his jacket, he'd have an S on the front. You know, he's just this, he's a spiritual superhero. He's been a Princeton. He you know he's he's done these things. So I mean, um, that's great, but it's it's not for the likes of me. You know, uh, uh, what would you say to me? What would you say to them? <laughs> Uh, well, you Super know, Bruce. it's funny. I, I was I was on campus today, and uh, I was down in our elementary school, and I bumped into a friend of mine. He's a he's a retired contractor, and you know he's probably mid seventies. And there he is. He's sitting down with one of our third graders, a kid named Lucas, and they're just you know doing mathematics together. And you know, to me, that's the hero. Here's a retiree who two or three times a week he comes into our school. And we, we were able to pull a few kids that are struggling academically out and he spends an hour with them just, you know, working on math or, or you know, English or, or something. And so, you know, Julian, to me, again, it, it comes back. I've had people come in and teach knitting classes, come in and read to kids. Um, to me, that's the heroic work mm. because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what kids remember. Yeah. You know, they don't remember, you know fancy computers and you know like they remember people who took time mm. um and invested and listened and cared for them so you know we have 225 regular volunteers in our program in camden alone and they build boats they tutor kids they read to kids they you know and 
and to me, again, that's that's the church at its best. Um, it's ordinary folk who give a little time, um, and it makes a difference. Oh man, well, well, that Bruce, you know, what what, what do I say to that? Except that um, I know you have uh, <clears throat> uh, Bruce has to uh, head off. He's he's meeting with a, a big donor, and so we're just very blessed to have you at this time. So I'm going to say a few words, Bruce, but uh, I'm going to okay. let you go because I don't want to I don't want to jeopardize your mission. So. <laughs> bless you bless you and thank you for joining us and uh just what what's your website before you go give us your website yeah so it's uh, ur- uh www.urbanpromiseusa.org uh urbanpromiseusa.org all one word or urbanpromiseinternational.org and we didn't get the chance to talk about that today but we do a lot of uh, international work now as well, so maybe another time we can chat about that. Well, I'd love to have you back, Bruce, and the time where we uh, we can speak a, a bit longer. Uh, Sounds great. Blessings to you, and uh, good luck with the donor. <laughs> okay, thanks so much. <laughs> okay. okay, take care. Well, we hear from Bruce, you know, just how we can uh, step out, and um, even though we perceive ourselves as not having what it takes, you know, that, that might be true. But uh, the fact is we are all called, we are all gifted in certain ways, and we use what we have, what God has placed in our our hands. You know, with Bruce, what really excited me uh, from listening to him last Sunday was how uh, the organization, Urban Promise, has gone international. And so I asked him, I said, you know, with Camden in New Jersey, uh, can this model be used elsewhere? And he said, well, it already is. It's used around the United States. It, it's spread, it, it's grown, and it's also gone international. And so you have people there who uh, are teaching school children uh, basic uh, reading, writing, arithmetic. You know, he was there and um, they were saying, you know, we, we need help. And uh, was, well, what, what sort of help do you need? We, we need to be educated. If we're educated, then we won't be poor, is what they said. And so you have uh, people out there who are teaching them the basics, but these then go on to uh, secondary degrees and so forth. So everyone is called. And so I ask you listening to the radio show today, how is God calling you? I know from my own experience that there's uh, many, many reasons uh, that I can come up with why I'm just too busy. And, And they're good. They're good reasons as well. But we are all called to do something. And so do. Praise, uh, pray to the Lord and ask how he is using you so that you can be used uh, in order to bring God's love to people here in your family, in your community, in Phoenix and around the world. Because I remember it is God's will, it is God's mission and it is God's power that is working through you. You are not alone. You have the Holy Spirit within you. So we've had uh, a number of people over the uh, over the years, three years on the on the radio now, and you haven't pulled us off yet. So, <laughs> so there's a miracle in and of itself. But uh, we had uh, Titus House with uh, Tim. He was on, and uh, th- this radio show is 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 as having uh, God is having fruit through it through you. He was looking to build a new building uh, where he could house um, the gentleman there. And uh, someone was listening to the show, and he owned a construction company, and he helped Tim out. So now Titus House is looking for uh, furniture. So if you have quality foldable chairs and things like that, then uh, please do go on the website and look for Titus House, and then you'll see Tim, and uh, feel free to to donate. But whatever you uh, have, whether it's time, talent, treasure, 
whether you are a prayer warrior, do please reach out to um, those uh, around you. Go to your church. Uh, be part of the solution. Reach up to your pastor. Pastors are often extremely busy people. And so say, get involved in what they're already doing or ask how you can be utilized in their outreach mission because God has a plan for you. And also, as Christians, we grow through our faith. We grow through putting it into practice. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, um, going to college and learning theological education. Um, But really, it comes to life when it's put into practice, when we do love our neighbor. Indeed, as Scripture says, where we do love our enemy. Um, so, So reach out. Obviously, we don't need to look far to see needs within our communities. Uh, needs within the world, needs within our neighbors. So step out, go boldly, find out what God is calling you to do, start small, and may you be the difference in your life and in your community. Well, please do join us again. We have uh, coming up, we're going to be having Ted Taylor. And Ted Taylor is from Family Promise, based in Phoenix, wonderful organization which seeks to prevent homelessness provide shelter, and prepare for success. So giving uh, uh, families with children a home, those who uh, are facing uh, homelessness, uh, particularly in this country where we're looking, in this uh, city where we're looking at temperatures that are 115. Again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. May the Lord bless you as you step out in his power in order to love your neighbor. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.